Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, how is everyone? You know, (laughs) not that great. I am recording this like super late in the week. It's literally Saturday night. I'm sorry if you're getting this a little later than you normally do on Sunday. However, my week, my end of week ended up being really crazy. I usually record on Thursday or Fridays. I last minute got free concert tickets to this thing that West Palm Beach puts on every year that one could call a No, they call it a music festival, but I feel like that's extremely generous for what it is. It's this thing called Sunfest. All the kids dress like it's Coachella, which is hilarious. Um, There are lots like teens there. And I got free tickets to it. So I ended up going last night, Friday night. And so I didn't record. I was planning on recording this morning. I woke up with a migraine. I've had a fucking horrible headache all day. I finally semi come back to life now. So sorry if this is a bit low energy. I, yeah, the festival is so weird. They have the weirdest fucking headline. Like the headliners on Thursday night was Billy Idol. And then last night, the two headliners were Incubus and Zed. Oh, Logic was also on Thursday night. So Logic and Billy Idol were playing at the same time. Then Incubus and Zed. Then tonight, I think it's the Jonas Brothers and somebody else that's old. And then I don't even know who's tomorrow night. But it's like the weirdest combination. None of it ever makes any sense. It's really expensive for what it is. The only reason I go is because I can usually get free tickets through my job. And uh, here's the thing. I'm really aging out of concerts. I have fun for like a little bit, but it's a lot. And obviously, it's not like I drink there, like I'm not getting drunk, but I still feel almost hungover in the morning. And today I had a migraine, as I said, and it's just been a long, hard day. And my best friend is coming into town tomorrow, so I should have deep clean. I should have recorded this podcast and spent the rest of the day cleaning my apartment. And I've done neither of those things. So here we are. It's eight o'clock on Saturday night. I hope everybody's doing better than I am. Anyway, what happened this week? So the big, 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 big drama of the week was that Janelle had a road rage incident of some sort that involved her pulling a gun, supposedly, pulling a gun on, pulling a gun on some random man. Um, She supposedly, they had some sort of road rage incident. Jace was in the car, in the front seat. You all know how I feel about car seat safety. Um, She picked him up from therapy, apparently. This happened, I believe, last Thursday. So, like, 10 days ago now. So, Janelle had called 911, reported this road... Reported that the guy was, like, tailgating her and driving crazy. But then the guy reported that Janelle was driving crazy, followed him home, and... 
drove into his, like, drove down his private road, hit three mailboxes, because I'm assuming his family lives in, like, some backwoods family compound, and then was in her car screaming that she had a gun. MTV supposedly filmed the whole thing. I guess GoPros were in her car. According to the guy, she was screaming the whole time. I have a, there are cameras recording you. There are cameras recording you, which, you know, very Janelle. And yeah, I like, I don't really, I was gonna, okay, here's the thing. It's not been like a million years since this happened, so I really don't have anything else to say about it. And I know you don't want to hear that as a podcast listener, because I should have earlier in the week recorded like a breaking news segment, but I don't really understand what happened because I was going to record one like the first day it happened, like the news came out, but I didn't, I didn't understand the story and I still don't totally understand the story. So Janelle may or may not have gone to this guy's house, crashed into his cars and pulled a gun, but the victim gave like an interview to radar and said that he didn't even see her pull the gun he couldn't see into her car her car windows were so tinted his cousin who was also there and armed saw the gun so i don't i don't know i don't really know what to believe um janelle under no circumstances should be allowed to own a gun i've 100 percent said this before but the best argument against the second amendment is the fact that janelle Lauren Evans Easton, which, by the way, in the 911 call, she called herself Janelle Easton, which was like, I don't know, it like truly shook me into my core to hear her call herself that. I'm I'm not sure why, but I was like, oh, shit. But I digress. That Janelle can own a gun is truly the best argument against the Second Amendment. I fucking hate guns. I hate them so much. Janelle owning a gun is truly terrifying. I... I think if anybody at Janelle's house is getting shot, it's that she will shoot David. <laughs> Here's the thing. I I think David grew up with guns. And I do think David probably understands a little more than Janelle the seriousness of a gun. I think Janelle has really no life experience with guns. And I don't think Barbara, you know, kept a gun in their house or if she I'd be very surprised to find out if Barbara owned a gun. I don't think Janelle grew up hunting or going to target practice, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that Janelle absolutely will pull a gun on somebody without even thinking about the consequences. Now, is Janelle on meth? Everybody thinks Janelle's on meth. Her skin's been looking bad. I think her skin has never really looked great. Janelle, I... I don't know. Is Janelle meth? Maybe. Would I be surprised if Janelle was on meth? No. I think if Janelle is on meth, she will be getting arrested for something meth related within the next six months max. I am not, for whatever reason, I'm having a really hard time jumping on the Janelle is on meth bandwagon that everybody else is on. Because I don't think her having shitty skin, like, means anything. And I really, truly believe that Janelle could be manic and not high on meth. Uh, Janelle was diagnosed bipolar but claims that she does not have it. I think Janelle is bipolar. I think Janelle could easily be manic. Could she be smoking meth? Of course it's Janelle. I would be, like... Not surprised whatsoever if we found out that Janelle was addicted to meth. 
it would be very sad, but I, I really wouldn't be surprised. But I'm just not sure that she is actually smoking meth. You know, like, I I don't know. I'm just not sure. He, She could be. She very well could be. But I think it's so weird because with Leah, I'm, like, always so quick to be like, oh, she's getting high again. <laughs> but with Janelle, I'm like, I don't know. I think it's because it just seems, it's, like, too obvious to guess, like, Janelle's on meth. It's so easy. And plus, I'll be honest, like the extreme hate for Janelle online, not just like normal people who like dislike Janelle for real reasons, but like her extreme Twitter and Reddit haters really just make me want to not believe the bad things about her just so that they'll be wrong. And I know that like that says more about me than anything else. And I accept that for myself. So yeah, is this a meth-related incident? Janelle pulling a gun out on a guy? Could be. Or does Janelle just have extreme anger issues? Has she always had extreme anger issues? And now she has a husband that's pro-guns and likes her to carry a gun. I think that's just as likely. People are also saying she's on meth because she's, like, acting crazy online. And Janelle's always acted crazy online. This is what Janelle does. She's an impulsive, angry person that lashes out. She's just been, like, good for the last year, year and a half, two years when it comes to internet stuff. So people are like, oh, my God, she has to be smoking meth. (laughs) I don't know. I think if she is, though, it will come out. That's why I'm not – I don't feel the need to, like, be playing detective. Like, is Janelle meth? Like, let Liz Bentley do an investigation. I don't – that I don't think is necessary because I really – Janelle – is not good at staying out of trouble when she's, like, deep in drugs. Once Janelle gets, like, deep into whatever drug she's doing, she starts getting arrested, (laughs) like, quickly. Like, she, you know, very shortly after she got involved in heroin, she was getting arrested. Uh, When she was, like, first getting into weed, she was getting arrested all the time. Janelle will be arrested. I am very sure of that. If Janelle is smoking meth, if David's smoking meth, like, they will be arrested. It is a little concerning that they don't have neighbors that could hear them fighting. But, yeah. Also, I mean, this upcoming season, I guess I'll judge more. And there was, like, one one or two released, like, scenes for the new season. And Janelle seemed, like, high as fuck on Xanax or maybe even dope. But, in my opinion, it seemed like a benzo. Uh, she was not giving me tweaked meth vibes, but that was also the scene was from like six months ago, probably. So maybe even more. I don't. Yeah, probably six months ago, probably like October. So I think that's when the reunion was filmed in October. So like six or seven months ago. So I mean, maybe in the last six or seven months, she got high on meth, and maybe this I'll be watching this season. I'll be like, uh oh, Janelle's a hundred percent smoking meth. But I just, as someone that's been following Janelle for a very long time, I'm just not so sure that she is a meth head. (sighs) Also, like, I think that if she really did pull a gun on someone while MTV was filming, then MTV needs to fire her with Jace in the car. That's insane. Like, that, regardless if she's sober, if she's smoking meth, if she's manic, whatever's going on, like, MTV has a responsibility to fire her. And if that's the case, just cancel Teen Mom 2. Just cancel it. Janelle is Teen Mom 2, but Janelle needs to be fired. She's been posting transphobic shit. I think I've talked about this. 
I can't, uh, it's all blending together, what I've talked about and what I haven't talked about. But if Janelle pulled a gun while fucking GoPros were in her car, MTV has a responsibility to fire her. And I am somebody that, like, really, I mean, I don't think Ryan should be fired for driving high in the car. I don't think, I mean, it's fine that David got fired for transphobia. Like, I'm fine with it. But I am really not one of these people that thinks MTV has an obligation or any, you know, networks have a fired an obligation to fire uh, a reality TV star for being shitty because reality TV stars, for the most part, are shitty people. And I think unless you're doing something like super egregious, like you don't need to be fired, even though driving my high is super egregious. I don't know where my ethical lines are. I don't know. I think I've discussed this before, like how it's very, very hard for me to draw ethical lines when it comes to reality TV. But I will say if MTV has fucking footage of her pulling a gun during a road raided incident with her eight year old son sitting in the front seat, then she should be fucking fired. Without a doubt. And if MTV is sitting on this footage, that's, it's, it's mind boggling. And, you know, we're getting reports where MTV execs are having meetings, figuring out what to do. And it's like, what are you figuring out what to do? I mean, show the te- show the film on air and then fire her. Also, I will say if this, if what happened was true and Jace tells Barbara and Barbara is not back in court immediately and modifying visitation and Janelle has anything more than supervised visitations, I am judging Barbara so fucking hard. Somebody needs to step in and protect Jace right now. Barbara needs to let go of these grand illusions that Janelle is going to be a mom one day and that Jace needs to have a relationship with Janelle. If this happened and Janelle pulled a gun out on someone while in a road rage, road rage, road rage incident with Jace in the front seat, which, by the way, he should not even be in the front seat because he's eight fucking years old, after his fucking therapy appointment then Barbara needs to be in court getting that fucking custody agreement they have completely gone. Barbara's still a legal guardian. I hope everybody remembers. Janelle only has visitations because they went, Barbara agreed to them in mediation, and she needs to be in front of a judge immediately if this is what's going on. And if she's not and Jace is still going over there unsupervised, <laughs> I I don't know. Um, this is also a little triggering for me because I grew up with a dad that had very bad road rage and I knew how fucking terrifying it was to be in the car with my dad when he would, you know, be having road rage fights. And I just feel terrible for Chase if this is really what happened. I honestly hope that this is not what happened and that guy who reported her was 100% lying because I, it's just so scary for Chase. (laughs) Excuse me, I just burped. So yeah, well not burped, I had the hiccups. So yeah, I do think, I do really hope that, okay, let's get into Young and Pregnant. I just had to pause because I got like 9 million text messages and (laughs) I hope that I didn't just weirdly transition. So sorry if I did, but anyway, I have a bone to pick with Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, which is how the fuck... Are they missing so many fights? Producers, what are you doing? 
this is the second time the cops have been involved that MTV was not there. And I would say at least the third major blow up that they've missed. The first one being Kayla and Stefan, her going and catching him cheating. The second one obviously being Brianna and Danae and her her mom having that huge fight that the cops came. And now Barr and Ashley's stepdad, Ted, had a blow up and we didn't see that. What are we doing here? What are we doing here if we're not? If we're not watching people get into fist fight, well, they didn't get into a fist fight. But what are we doing here if we're wa- not watching cops come? Also, okay, I'm going to get into excited a couple other issues. So, obviously, I'm starting with Ashley. There was a huge fight. It was basically they get home and T and Ted, Pastor T and Ted, wanted to talk to Ashley and Barr about why they felt that Ashley and Barr are not ready to get married. And... Barr got arrested. Apparently, I assume, I'm guessing that Pastor T was telling Barr that he has to cut off his family. I would bet that uh, Barr got in T's face and Ted stepped in. We haven't really seen a lot of Ted, so it's hard to judge his what he's like. We know T is quick to anger, but Ted seems, at least from what we've seen, seems pretty reasonable. So I would imagine he stepped in. And things got out of control. Ashley is super stressed and has to call Shen to find out how to bail Barr out. Now, I cannot believe that we did not get to watch Ashley call Shen. This is another thing. MTV, what are we doing? I don't want to hear about Ashley calling Shen. I want to see Ashley call Shen. We also didn't get to see any of the bailout process. I want to see Ashley go to the bail bondsman and pay him. Oh, God. I'm, mm. I do feel like we're li- missing a lot of Young and Pregnant, and I would like to rewatch OG and T-Mom 2 first season to see if that was happening a lot. I really, truly can't remember. I feel like we're getting a lot of, what's the word, exposition? Is that what it's called? Like, in scripted stuff where the characters are explaining to us what happened and we're not seeing it, which isn't isn't that interesting to me. You know, I, I I can't believe the two most, what would be, in my opinion, the most exciting things, which is the fight and Ashley working with Shen, were not included. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway. So basically, Ashley's talking to Chris, her sister, and Barr was trying, trying to fight Ted in that it didn't get physical, but it got hectic. Hectic. And if the cops didn't come, it absolutely would have been a fight. And T is now going to kick them out. Luckily, Barr has a friend who's an extra room who said they can stay as long as they want. By the way, that's very generous. I am not so generous in the idea of letting somebody, a couple and their baby, come stay in my apartment is not thrilling to me. (laughs) I'm not so, so sure I'm so generous. So... Ashley goes and bails him out with the help of Shen, although we don't really know what Shen did. And Ashley says, like, you know, if you had just gotten in the car and left, like, we, this wouldn't have happened. And that she's really disappointed because Barr doesn't know how to control his anger once he's mad. And that makes sense to me. I feel like everything that we've seen so far shows that. That Barr seems reasonable, he seems cool, but once he's mad, he's fucking mad. And that is, like, such a mark of immaturity to me. It's so 
pathetic watching a man or a woman really acting like that. Pathetic is a word that makes sense in that situation. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm not on my A game right now. <laughs> but it's just it's it's just such a sign of immaturity and it's a quality that I personally really dislike in a person and I don't have people in my life, you know, at almost 30 years old I'll be 30 in what's today I'll be 30 in 25 days that I don't have people in my life like this because I can't stand somebody that cannot control their anger I understand getting mad but I can't somebody that can't walk away from a fight and cool down is not somebody that I want to be around you know I can't imagine trying to pull my boyfriend into a car so that he'll stop fighting with my stepdad and he won't leave and instead gets arrested. (laughs) And unfortunately, I think Ashley's very quick to anger as well, but I do think Ashley has a little more sense that she's able to de-escalate the situation or at least walk away from the situation. You know, I don't know if Ashley has the maturity to like fully talk out the situation or deal with the situation or really control her anger, but what she is able to seemingly do is walk away or like end it like I'm done talking and that at least stops it and I think Ashley needs to learn that she should not be responsible for Barr being unable to control his anger I think Ashley and Barr are going to have a lot a lot a lot a lot of issues with his anger when it you know I think they still have a lot of growing to do when it comes to that So Barr is kind of like, well, you know, I think this is for the best (laughs) because, (laughs) oh, no, wait, I just totally skipped ahead. Sorry. So T, we get a scene of T and Ted talking and Pastor T is like, you can tell she's devastated. She's like, this is so terrible that she never wants Barr to be in her presence again. And she's not even sure about Ashley. And Ted is like, you know, this is awful, but the bottom line is he had to go. Like, he wants to be grown, and or he has to go, and now we have to deal with the aftermath. And T starts crying. And Ted brings up a really good point, and this is something that I feel about Barr as well, that Barr talks a lot of shit. Like, he's a grown man for somebody without a job and without a place of his own. Like, what what does Barr have in this world? How is Barr affording anything? I'm very curious about Barr and his finances, because from what I can tell, Barr has no job. I mean, I they're not getting paid a lot of money to do this, guys. Remember, they're getting paid like $20,000 to do this, and they live in fucking California. <laughs> That's not going far in the Bay Area. I'm really curious about how Barr thinks he is such a grown man when he can't control how his mom talks to him. He can't control how his mom... Well, nobody can control another person. But he can't, you know, manage the relationship with his mom and his now fiancé. Spoiler, he can't manage having a job. (laughs) I just feel a little confused. And I liked when Ted said, you know, he wants to be grown, so now he has to go get his own place. And it's... It's so true. It's so true. If Barr wants to buck to everybody else, then he should be able to stand on his own two feet. So Ashley bails uh, Barr out with the help of Shen, and Ashley is just just disappointed in everybody's behavior. 
And Barr says something that's so fucking immature and <laughs> maybe something I would have said at 20, but I can't, I can't remember back that far. But Barr feels that what's happening in it, happening is for the best because they were ready to move out anyway. That's crazy. You know, it's one thing to look on the bright side of situations, but he says this quite a few times in this episode that it's for the best that this happens so they could move out on their own. First of all, like, I wouldn't call what they're doing moving out on their own. They're moving into a friend's apartment, which, I mean, I'm not knocking having roommates. I have a roommate, but they're a couple with a child. I would say moving out on their own would mean getting their own apartment and, like, living together just as a family unit and not crashing at somebody else's house. Um... (laughs) (laughs) and that's not how you like move out by getting kicked out of the place that you are living for free Mm. it's just so crazy we see bar talking to his friend and he once again says the same well first he's like you know we were planning on living there until holly was a year old but then he was like but you know we've been ready to move out for a while so this is for the best and i'm like well which is it Uh, his friend says that Bar needs to put it in God's hands, which, you know, I thought I thought was nice, personally. But uh, Bar then says that he wants to propose, and his friend is all for it, and I truly can't believe they get engaged. I think it's so crazy that they literally just got kicked out of the place that they were living. They're crashing on someone's couch. Well, they probably, hopefully the bed. But they're crashing in someone's room where the three of them are staying in one room, And they think that it is a good idea for them to get engaged. Uh. Mm. Uh, Bar FaceTimes his mom and tells her that he's going to propose. And Shen's like, well, if you're happy, I'm happy. And Shen seems really happy that... I think she's really happy that Bar got arrested. (laughs) Because Ashley had to call her for advice. And I think she liked to be the one... That got to be in control of the situation. And she was needed. I think Shen really likes to feel needed. Shen is... She's a wild one. She apparently posted... I saw today. She posted a picture on Facebook of, like, Bar's ex-girlfriend, I think. And Ashley wasn't pleased. Surprise, surprise. Um, Bar lets Ashley... Or Shen know that he's impressed with how Ashley acted during this situation. Which, I mean, they're just so young. They're just so young, and this is, like, such kid logic, you know? It's kid logic that they're using. Like, what are you talking about? Why would you propose to somebody because you're impressed with how they bailed you out of jail? Also, I wonder exactly what he was arrested for. They didn't say. I wonder if he got a domestic violence charge. I, I'm quite curious. Quite curious. So, Barr takes Ashley and Holly out on a date, and they go to their favorite spot that they've been going to since they started dating, and Barr proposes, and Ashley says yes. The ring doesn't really fit. Look, I don't really support them being engaged, but I did think it was, like, a cute scene. They were laughing. Uh, Ashley's like, you gotta shove the ring on! As I've said before, Ashley and Barr are true friends. They truly do seem to love each other. So, that, I mean, it was definitely, like, a more intimate proposal it felt like to me 
than Jade and Sean's proposal last week in which I was like, what the fuck? And I think part of that is Jade's just not very good at emotions. But I don't know, something about the way Ashley was laughing during it, she seemed totally relaxed and happy, was just much more natural than the way that Jade and Sean were acting. So we see Ashley and Barr in like a Volkswagen SUV. Did everybody notice that? I'm wondering whose car that was. It looked nice. I wonder if it was a rental Wondering where that car came from, if we'll see it again. These are the things that I think about when I watch Teen Mom. (laughs) And Ashley is going to pay. Oh, also when they get engaged, she said she's not going to tell her mom for maybe a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months. And she says, it's my business. I'm grown. Oh, girl. Girl, let me tell you something. You are not grown if you think that getting engaged is your business and you don't need to tell your mom. Now, if you have a terrible mom, you know, of course, there are exceptions to every rule. I hope you guys know when I say that I don't mean like if you have an abusive mom, of course, you don't need to tell you're engaged. But Pastor T has been an extremely supportive mom for, I think, Ashley's entire life. That's all she said. This, you know, that's all I read about her online. T is very, very involved in Ashley's life. By the way, I just want everyone to know, Ashley did an Instagram name change this week from Mermaid Barbie to Ashley, whatever her fucking last name is. I love seeing that they're all changing their name, their Instagram names because they probably are getting managers and they're, or brands are reaching out to them and they're like, hey girl, like we want to give you fit T, but uh, you're going to have to change your terrible Instagram name. <laughs> I love seeing these children become adults on social media. Oh, but I just think it's so funny that, like, Ashley is so not grown that she thinks, like, an engagement to a guy, her, like, an engagement she doesn't support is, her mom doesn't support is, like, her business. It's just such a childish statement to say, like, well, I'm not going to tell my mom because it's not her business. It's my business and I'm grown. You know, if she had said... I'm not going to tell my mom yet because everything that happened, I just want her to see that like you and I, we can do it on our own. We can live on our own. We're doing really well. Everybody's getting along. Like, I just want to wait to tell her until we're all in a better place and she's had some time to get over it. And we've had time to prove to her that we are a better, better couple than she thinks. Like that, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But not, no, no, no. You don't wait a few months because it's your business. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. So they're going to pick up stuff, as I said, and they're obviously they're not telling T that they're engaged, which, you know, I actually support, even though I just went on that little rant, I don't support Ashley's, her reasoning behind not telling T, or at least the reasoning she was presenting to us, but I do support them not telling T. I think that would be really, I think it's crazy that they got engaged anyway, and I think that they need to let the situation cool off between all of them. So uh, she calls T, Ashley calls T, and T's like, well, you can come in, but Barr can't. So she goes to pack up all her stuff, and at first T's like keeping it logistical. She's like, okay, well, you're taking your furniture. And Ashley's like, well, no, I need to get a U-Haul. And she's like, okay, well, when is that going to be? And then like a minute later, T is crying and I, my heart really broke for her. And this upcoming scene like was really moving to me. It really, it really made, it really 
tugged at my heartstrings, if you will. It didn't make me cry, but it definitely made me feel. (laughs) So T goes into Ashley's room as she's crying and T says like, Ashley, no matter what happens, like if you or that baby need anything, like I am here, you can come back. She's like, I will kill for you. I am here for you no matter what. I love you so much. And I just thought it was so nice. And this is how I know, like, T is a good mom. I I really, I just really liked the way that she said this, how she said this. She went in there. It wasn't guilt-ridden, you know? I didn't think that she was going in there to manipulate Ashley. But she also finished with what she said with, this is your journey and you have to do it. Honestly, a lot like Jessica's doing with Brianna. Um, I found they have very different styles of communication, but I found their message to be very similar. I really just, I appreciated T going in there and saying, look, at least this is what I took from it was T saying, you have to go be with Barr. When she said, this is your journey, you have to take this journey what I took that to men is T saying, that's your father's child, or your your father's child, your child's father. You love him. You are picking him. And you need to go be with him. And you have to go take this journey. But if it doesn't work, I'm here. And I'm here for you and that baby. And I thought that was really big of T. Because T didn't have to do that. You know, she could have sat there and cried and thrown a hissy fit. Or she could have done some typical manipulation bullshit. Why are you doing this to me? Please don't leave me. Why are you picking him over me? I really felt like she was just being genuine and saying, I get the choice that you're making to go be with Barr and not live here anymore. And I don't necessarily support it or think it's a good idea, but I will be here for you no matter what. And Ashley was crying, saying sorry, and... I like it. Just, I feel like it's so rare on Teen Mom that we see that. That we see after a big fight, the mother and child having a genuine moment, but the t- the Teen Mom, the child, still going off on her own. I don't know. It's rare, but it w- it was nice. I thought I thought it was really nice. I. I really felt for both T and Ashley in that moment. I think they're both a little overwhelmed by how they got there. And I don't think that either one of them wanted to be in that situation. I think they both know, though, that they kind of have to be in that situation and that this is what they need to do. So, yeah, I I can't believe MTV missed the fight. But I, I will say I'm, like, I'm pretty excited to see how... Because from what I can tell, um, from what I can tell, he, Barr and T are on pretty good terms now. So I am looking forward to seeing, like, you know, how they get back there. Okay, well, I just hit pause and opened up my Facebook because I have ADHD. Well, just ADD. But apparently ADD doesn't just exist anymore got diagnosed with ADD when I was eight. What year is that? 1996. So I don't know what I am today. But someone in the Facebook group, Diana Wakelin, posted, please tell me someone else saw Ashley from Teen Mom live saying Barb beats her. And she, I, which I didn't see because I don't follow Ashley on Instagram because she goes live every fucking 
day and every hour of the day. And I hate those notifications. So she says she deleted it so quick. She did the live shout bars. Sorry, I don't There's a typo here. She did the live shout bars mom for trying to make out with her in Vegas and then did a different live crying hard saying Barb beats her. She deleted everything. Wow. Apparently there's a video going around. I'm going to pause right now and see if I can find it. Okay, here's some huge breaking news. I was able to find all the recordings because they got posted online. I'm going to post the one where Ashley talks about being hit. Trigger warning, she's talking about a fight. Um, all There's like eight videos posted on our Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group. Come and join. I will preview, just put in the question marks that you found me by uh, Feathers in My Hair, that you found the group by Feathers in My Hair. And I will preview. You can look at it. It's called Emotionally Broken Psychos. But yeah, here is the video of Ashley. In my opinion, I watched all the videos. She seems unwell. I don't know what's going on with her. I'm very worried. I really hope she has left the situation is at Pastor T's house with the baby. So here it is. You guys want to know the real about Bar? You guys want to know the real about Bar? He fucking beats me. How's that for fucking real? How's that for real? Huh? Her and his mom are bullies. They're bullies. He puts his fucking hands on me and he expects me not to put my hands back on him. His mom put his hands on me and he expects me not to put my hands back on her. But he beats my motherfucking ass in this house with my daughter. You see this shit? You see my computer all broken the fuck up? <laughs> wow, that is crazy. I hope that's not true. And <laughs> Okay, not really sure uh, how to go on from here. I am going to go to Jade next because I felt that Jade had a very compelling episode this week. Um, even though I feel like we didn't actually get that much screen time with Jade. Did you feel like we got a lot of screen time with Jade? I didn't feel like we got a lot of screen time with Jade, but I still liked it. So she FaceTimes her friend Vanessa and tells her about the engagement. She says her ring's a little small, but it's really cute, which made me laugh. Her friend was like, so everything's, um, okay between the two of you? And Jade's like, well, you know, these last few weeks have been really good. It's just, (laughs) it's just so bad. Like, they've been doing really good for two weeks, so they should definitely, definitely be engaged. Aye, aye, aye. So, Jade's parents are still there, and it's making everything hard. And, by the way, I was saying that I was shocked that uh, Jade's parents were still together, but, surprise, they're actually not. It's Jade's stepfather, is what it said on the Chiron, but they call him Jade's dad. So, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, I know what the deal is. It's not her bio dad and her parents aren't together, but they've probably been together a long time. And so Jade calls him her father. Uh, Jade has Jade has to go to work and they get into this weird... I don't understand. They get into a fight because Sean... Excuse me. Chrissy... Christy. Her name is Christy. Not Crystal, not Chrissy, but Christy. Christy had... Or Joe, one of them, had a house key. And it was Jade's house key. And Jade was mad that they had it. And 
she's Jane's like, I have to go to work. Where's my key? And Jane, and Christy's like, why do you care if I had your house key? And Jane's like, because you don't live here. I don't want you to have my house key. And I, I'll be honest, I couldn't really understand what the fight was about. <laughs> I was, I was confused because I didn't get how they got her house key if Jade didn't give them the house key. <laughs> Where did the house key? How how did they access it? And they get into this huge fight over I I don't even understand. Christy's like, well, we're leaving. There's no reason that I shouldn't have a key. And Christy's like, I never locked you out of the house, did I? And Jade's like, I never locked you out of the house. I just don't want you to have a key. It's my house. I don't want you to have a key. There's no need for you to have one. Which I don't agree with. I don't really get Jade. Okay. Jade has been letting them live there for over two weeks. and They don't have a way to get in and out of the house. Like, I guess they just don't leave. But I would want them to have a house key, I think. So if I was at home, they could, like, lock the door if they went out to get cigarettes. I, I don't know. I'm a little confused by the entire logistics of this key fight. But really, obviously the issue is that Christy and Joe have completely overstayed their welcome. Christy is extremely rude to Jade. I felt so sad for Jade in this moment. Christy is like flipping out like, well, you better hope you're never hard up on your luck because I won't let you stay with us. And Jade's like, are you kidding me? I do everything for you. Like, I never asked for anything from you. And I do everything that you need me to. I'm the only one in this house who works. Which, by the way, Jade is back to work very quickly. Poor Jade. I don't think that baby's six weeks old. If she is, she's just six weeks. I'm wondering why Sean still doesn't have a job. It's like he either had to work 80 hours or he had no job at all. <laughs> I don't... I don't really get why there's not an in-between, like, you know, just a normal 40-hour job. Like, why can't he go be a line cook somewhere at a restaurant? The world may never know. So, Jade is like, get out of my house, and then she changes her mind that they don't have to get out of their house. I don't know. Their fight was a little hard for me to follow, like, why why they were fighting over a house key, but the emotions behind it were so clear and so sad. I really want Jade to cut off her parents. They do not seem to add any sort of value to her life. I can't believe that they're just living there indefinitely. I mean, I can believe it, but poor Jade. I can't imagine also living in a house with four adults and being the only one that's working. (laughs) It's not great. Also, is her dad getting high? Because he failed a drug test. So, Remember, that's why he got fired in the first episode. So is he getting high? Um, I don't know. I really, oh, it's so sad. Um, Jade decides to let them stay there even after the fight. And Jade and Sean, like, go out on a little walk with the baby. And they're like, we need to figure out something. Uh, They need to abide by our house rules, which I think... This is probably something that's been going on in Jade's life, her entire life, is that she has to play mom to her mom, which is definitely depressing. So Jade meets with Christy so they can, like, they meet at a restaurant and they can decide, like, what Christy's next move is going to be. 
And Jade is like, look, I don't want to kick you out. Like, I, I'm not kicking you out. Like, I'm not going to let you just be homeless. But I'm going to give you a date that you have to move out by so that you guys have a goal. So, like, you know, you'll be more inspired to get a job. <laughs> oh, Christy, get yourself to a Codependence Anonymous meeting or an Al-Anon meeting. Oh, God, that was, like, the saddest line I've ever heard on Teen Mom when she said she was giving her mom a move-out date so that her mom would be inspired to get a job. Newsflash, Jade, that date is coming and going, and Christy's not getting a job, and you're not kicking her out. She needs to kick Christy out yesterday. Christy gets really defensive over this. Once again, starts going, I hope you're never down on your luck. If you get down on your luck, I hope I would never treat you this way. If Or if you are down on your luck, I'm going to treat you exactly the way that you've treated me, which is why you can come live in my house for as long as you want. Like, uh, It seems like Jade's treated her pretty well this entire time. They just get to lay in bed and smoke cigarettes. Her parents are living the life. Chrissy is nasty. Like, she's cruel to Jade. Uh, Apparently, Chrissy has been criticizing the way that Jade parents. And Chrissy says to her um, that she thinks that Chloe could be cared for a little bit better. Which is just, what does that even mean? How much should Chrissy even care for Jade? Jade also tells Christy that, like, she's talked to Christy's sister and her own sister saying that she would have thrown Christy out. (sighs) I just feel terrible for Jade. She clearly, clearly, clearly does not know what to do. I just really want, I just really want Jade to kick Christy and Joe out. That's all I want. And I am going to go on to Lexi after a five second break. Oh, Lexi, Lexi, Lexi. Kyler got a job at the spa, and he's working, so he's not coming over as much, and Lexi and Tobias are spending a lot of time alone, and we get a scene that could be cute, but it's not, (laughs) of Lexi and Tobias watching Lexi do cheerleading performances. My care level for Lexi's cheerleading is so, it's below the floor. That's how little I care. Sorry, not sorry. So we watch Lexi get ready and Kyler comes over and Lexi doing her makeup is upsetting to me. Her contour is so dark. It's so dark. Also, like, I know they're not going anywhere. (laughs) I can't, I can't imagine doing a full face of makeup just to be at my house. Mm, Can't imagine it at all. So we find out that Kyler's job at the spa is to greet people and make sure no one's drowning. He's not a lifeguard, but if he sees kids drowning, he needs to get their parents. Um, I personally would not want Kyler to be in charge of me not drowning, but that's just me. So Lexi's like, okay, well, when do you go to school? I think Lexi and Kyler, I think part of the issue with them on screen is that they're so bad at fake MTV conversations. They're so bad at them. Because there's no way Lexi doesn't know, like, what his school schedule is like. Lexi's obsessed with Kyler. She knows every single thing he does. So when she's like, well, when are you going to school? (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, in the mornings and I'm going to go to alternative school. Like, come on. Lexi knows if Kyler's going to alternative school. Although I was glad 
that they talked about this because last week I was pretty sure that Kyler was just going to drop out of school. (laughs) That's at least what I thought would be happening. So I'm glad that he's going to like the alternative school or online school or whatever. It's a little hard for me to understand him sometimes. I need more Kyler subtitles. Oh, and Kyler tells Lexi she looks like Pocahontas while she's doing her makeup, which... You know, a little culturally insensitive, but I'm not sure we can expect any more of Kyler. Uh, Kyler's like, or Lexi asks Kyler if he's going to graduate, and he's like, oh, yeah. And then Kyler asks Lexi what she wants to do after school. And Lexi so casually says, oh, mortuary school or cosmetology school, which is how I know they're not having this conversation for the first time. Because, first of all, I don't think Kyler knows what... Why can't I say that word? Moratory? I don't know. I'm all fucked up. But there's no way Kyler knows what that means, that she wants to be a mortician, or if he even knows what being a mortician is. I'm not sure. By the way, the word mortician makes me think of the word beautician. And do you remember the movie (laughs) Beautician and the Beast with Fran Drescher? My mom and I saw that in the movie theater because we fucking love Fran Drescher and The Nanny was our favorite show. We love Fran and that movie. I remember liking it as a child and I watched it recently and who boy is the movie Beautician and the Beast horrible. It's so 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 bad. But Fran Drescher is an icon and a legend and a Jewish queen and that's just all there is to it. Anyway um more Tory. God, I wish I was better at pronouncing words. It's kind of insane that I have a podcast that people listen to. Anyway, I feel like Kyler would have to be like, what's that? And then when she told him he she wanted to be a mortician, he'd be like, excuse me? I don't think that that was the first time they've had that conversation. Now, let's all think about Lexi being a mortician. I love that for her. <laughs> I really and truly love that for her. I like to think of her as being like Jack, you know, I know like a six feet under reference would be good here, but honestly, I didn't love six feet under. I only saw like a season and a half. But one thing I do love is the movie Bernie with Jack Black, where he is a mortician before he becomes a murderer. Spoiler alert. And I am imagining Lexi. Like Jack or Bernie in the movie Bernie. (laughs) I don't know. I think she could be good at it. I think Lexi might have a calming presence. And I can see like going to a funeral funeral parlor and like letting Lexi take my loved one, get their body ready. Although I don't really believe in open caskets or really having a burial at all. I'm a cremation all the way type of person. Um, That to me... I don't know. Some When Lexi said that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that truly, truly, truly deeply made sense to me. I can see her much more of a mortician than a cosmetologist for some reason. Like, I mean, I guess, like, she'll be a fine hairdresser. I wonder if Amber's a hairdresser. I think Amber, her mom, might be a hairdresser. She gives me those vibes. Does she give you guys those vibes? So anyway, Lexi's back to going to cheerleading since Tobias is born and she's already flying, although she's doing it a little stiff. And she has a game. She's cheering at the girls' basketball game, which love it. Love that our school has the cheerleading team come out for the girls' basketball. 
It's so rare. It makes me feel great. Truly love it. Um, and she is flying and does a good job. And her family is there to support her. And then the whole team, like, snuggles with baby Tobias, which... I don't know. There was something truly wild about it to me because they all looked like real little kids. First, the cheerleading coach picked him up and she loved on him a little. And then all the girls were like posing for pictures with him and they looked like young girls. And I understand Lexi is a teen girl, but that shook me a little bit. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) So Lexi and Amber have a talk and Kyler's not staying there as long and Amber wants to know if they're looking for a place. And I'm like, looking for a place with what money? I'm constantly confused about Lexi's finances. (laughs) Like, looking for a place. I think Kyler's probably making $11 an hour and spending all of it in gas driving an hour to and from work in his truck. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what world amber lives in she says that the reason that she let (laughs) the reason that she let kyler stay there for the weeks that she did was because she knew that lexi couldn't have sex yet and that's why she let kyler there and she's really nervous about lexi taking her birth control because apparently they had talked about her birth control a year before and lexi wasn't responsible with taking it so i guess lexi was on birth control and she just wasn't responsible taking the pill which That's why teen girls probably should not be on the pill. If you, okay, if I'm Amber, if I'm Lexi's mom, and I know that my daughters have the same boyfriend since she was 13, like, I'm going and getting my daughter the arm implant. You know, like, maybe an IUD, if she would, but if not, at least the arm implant, and at the very, very least, the depo shot. But probably just get her the arm implant, then we don't worry I don't trust a 17-year-old or 16-year-old to take a pill every day, right? I mean, I fuck up my pill. I don't have sex, so it doesn't matter. But if I was, like, having regular sex and really wanted to be sure that I was on a birth control that would not fail or would have a very low chance of failure, I'd be on an IUD or I'd go get the arm implant. I don't know why. Amber's like, well, we both have to make sure you're better about taking your birth control. And I'm like, go get her an IUD. She's had a baby. I found that very annoying. I really, I don't know, I found that conversation, like, Amber clearly lets Lexi do whatever the fuck she wants. Clearly. And I just, what, are you guys gonna move out? What does that mean? Move to where? With what money, Amber? Hmm, I'm so confused. Anyway, that was that for this week's episode of Lexi and Kyler. I think Lexi definitely is going to be the Chelsea slash Macy of this show. She's boring, but she's like likable, I guess. I think she'll be relatable to a lot of people. Although I'm not so... I wonder if this show's getting a second season. I'm hoping they're getting a second season. I'd be really upset if they didn't. And by the way, for people wondering, I'm 100% fully covering uh, Team Mom 2 this week. I'm not sure if I'll do Team Mom 2 and Young and Pregnant, but I will definitely, definitely, definitely be covering uh, the Team Mom 2 season premiere. We'll see. We'll see how interesting it is. And if it's like super jam-packed, I'll probably just cover that and touch on Young and Pregnant quickly. Or if it's not super jam-packed, I'll probably just do a quick recap and then a full Young and Pregnant recap. But 
as I said, Young or Teen Mom 2 is my number one. It's why I have this podcast. So as of now, I'm not planning on abandoning it. We'll see how it goes. And I didn't even watch Secrets Revealed or the Unseen Moments, whatever the fuck that was this week. No thanks. Not for me. I mean, like, the, sh- the season of Hochi was so boring. Why would I watch an Unseen Moments? <laughs> If it was so boring, it couldn't even go into the most boring season of OG. Why would I want to watch it? That's my question for you, MTV. I'll leave you with that question, MTV. Hey, guys. To hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers, Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.